Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for well-qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. Now, it's Gabe time. Gabe Kuhn. Gabe Kuhn was one of the great little trivial nuggets in all football bios. His grandfather was the inventor of the Easy Bake Oven. Like a boss, the best lineman on the radio. Well, the only lineman on the radio. It's game time. Game time. We're ready. The Gabe Coon Show, 92.9 FM, ESPN. Hope everybody is okay out there. I know if you're on the roads, it is as bad as it has been all week because of a little bit of rain, starting to melt a little bit. It's slushy out there. But regardless, if you're out there listening to me, welcome into the Gabe Kuhn Show, Thursday, January 18th, 2024. I am your host, former Memphis Tiger offensive lineman Gabe Kuhn on X at G underscore Kuhn 71. I'm alongside the executive producer of the Gabe Kuhn Show. That would be Connor Dunning on X at C Dunning 929. Connor, what's the word, brother? How are you? What's up, man? Nothing much. Nothing much at all. I'm glad I have four-wheel drive. Same. Because it's a little slushy out there. Yep. I was just talking to Mark Giannato as I came into the studio, and he says that he doesn't think four-wheel drive works in this particular situation. It kind of does. It makes me feel better. There's still snow. There's still snow out it there. It may not work, but it makes me feel better. Yeah, I, I, I agree with you. Placebo effect. Yes, placebo effect. Now, we have three hours to talk on the way, courtesy of 92.9 FM, ESPN, and yours truly. We have plenty to get to. Both basketball teams in town are in action. We have the Tigers versus South Florida tonight, 6 p.m., on the Worldwide Leader on ESPN, front and center, and also front and center at 9 p.m. late, late window. We're going to have the Grizzlies taking on the Timberwolves. It'll also be here, 92.9 FM ESPN at 8.30, starting with pregame with Gary Darby. Um, so we will get to that uh, on the show today. But we are loaded with guests. Um, bottom of this hour, very excited to bring in Showboats head coach, United Football League. We had the merger not too long ago between the USFL in the XFL, bringing in head coach John DeFilippo. Um, he's the showboats head coach. He was with the New Orleans Breakers last year. They went 7-3. and three. They ended up losing in the playoffs. But he will join in studio, hopefully, um, if they can brave the elements and, and get him over here. I know that that is, uh, that is easier said than done. But uh, very excited to talk with Coach DeFilippo here um, in about 25, 30 minutes. Jeff Calkins per normal at 5 o'clock from the Daily Memphian. Also the Jeff Calkins show. And then 6 o'clock per normal yet again on a Thursday. We have to get to some divisional round matchups, uh, some coaching carousel news in the NFL with Ryan Horvat from BetMGM tonight. We'll get you his favorite plays for the weekend. Uh, we'll take a trip around the NFL at 5.30. Um, small talk's going to be fun today. We have a uh, NBA player um, for the Portland Trailblazers by the name of DeAndre Ayton who was out last night. Um he was not able to play. He was healthy. But we'll tell you the reasons that he was not able to make it um, and uh, not able to play with the Portland Trailblazers last night. We'll get to the Blitz around 6.30. And, and there was an interesting news that dropped yesterday um, about the Memphis football program. General managers are becoming a normality in college football with the transfer portal and all the moving parts as far as player personnel is concerned. But the... Uh, Memphis football program has hired a, uh, a general manager, and he is uh, most recently at Georgia Tech. His name is Bo Davidson. He will be the new general manager for the Memphis football team. We'll tell you what that means, what that job entails, and why it is necessary going into the future for this Memphis program and the athletic department as a whole. Also in the Blitz, I, 
I, I talk about this every year, but this year, especially today, seeing some of the interviews that have come through and, and come across X on my, uh, on my timeline, the Rooney rule is in full effect. I'll tell you what I mean by that once we get to the Blitz. But we have Grizzlies on the road, 9 p.m. against the number one team in the West. And uh, what strikes me about this matchup against the Timberwolves is two years ago, this Timberwolves team lost in six games to, this, to the number two seed Grizzlies in the Western Conference playoffs. And since then, there has been a dramatic shift in the fortunes of each team, right? The Grizzlies had the John Moran issues. They've had injury issues this year. They're now 15 and 25, while the Timberwolves are at the top right this second uh, in the Western Conference, the best defense in the NBA, and they look very, very good. And then also when it comes to injuries in general, um, the Grizzlies are the most injured team in the NBA. Everyone knows that. But the Timberwolves have, with their top seven scorers so far this year, they've only missed 16 games, their top seven scorers. So they've had a lot of good luck. It would be really nice to see if the Grizzlies could get that luck going into the future. But I I expect this game um, to go in the Timberwolves' favor, being at home, being how good they have been all year. Uh, Rudy Gobert tends to punk around Jaron Jackson Jr. You hope Jaron sticks in there a little bit better against a guy like Rudy Gobert, can hit the, uh, the boards. Um, keep uh, Rudy Gobert from getting second ch- second chance opportunities. Um, Twelve and a half point spread, um, but I expect this Grizzlies team. They're not going to roll over and die. We know who's going to be on the floor. We're going to see Gigi Jackson Jr. or Gigi Jackson in general. We're going to see Vince Williams Jr. We're going to see a lot of guys get extended minutes that we didn't expect to get extended minutes. I expect them to compete, but I don't think that's going to get them a win by any stretch of the imagination. No, it's one of those where I wouldn't be surprised if it if it went similar to how the next game goes. You know, I, I think that they're going to go out, they're going to fight. There's going to be moments where it feels like they're going to have a chance to win. But at the end of the day, the Timberwolves are one of the best teams in the NBA for a reason. And unfortunately for the Grizzlies, they're kind of a matchup nightmare for them, especially how they're constructed right now. So, I mean, their defense is truly remarkable. You got Mike Conley, Anthony Edwards, Jaden McDaniels, Carl Anthony Towns, Rudy Gobert, and then their second unit is even is, is just as crazy. You got Kyle Anderson and Nas Reed right there. It's gonna be difficult for the Grizzlies to win tonight's game, but it's also one that I don't think we have to walk away with, with huge declarations. I think the goal of right. tonight's game is you would like to see if Gigi Jackson can, you know, he, he's got a lot of Another attention. Another 20-point game on the well, way, maybe? I, maybe, maybe. You never know. He might get enough shots to where it ends up being that 20. But I would rather see from him another efficient night, try to be in the right spots on the defensive end, try to, you know, continue to crash the boards. I think that that's been one part about his game that we haven't talked about a whole bunch is that he's been really active on the rebound. So you want to see that continue. And you want to see how he responds to how much attention he's gotten over the last 48 hours or so. He's one of the best stories going in the NBA right now. You hope that continues. But, you know, I do think that we need to keep our expectations in check considering he is the youngest player in the NBA. If he goes for 20-plus tonight, I'm going to start playing in the parade for two years from now. But, you know, (laughs) at the same time, if he has a game where he doesn't score 20 or he looks like a 19-year-old, that's okay. That being said, I expect him to look pretty good tonight. You know, I, I think that he's he's still going to go out there and he's going to show something. I'm really excited to see what Vince Williams Jr. does. This is going to be one of those matchups that I think shows us what his viability for being a starter may be moving forward. It is a very tough matchup. I'm curious to see who gets matched up on him on the defensive side. Are they going to throw Anthony Edwards at him? Are they going to throw Jaden McDaniels at him? It's just it's going to be fascinating to kind of see the defensive matchups tonight. I think it's going to be one of those kind of in the mud games. But you know, I'm, to be honest, I'm excited. It's just it feels like one of those games where the Grizzlies may just not have the talent to win it, but they'll be in it. It'll be scrappy, and I think it's going to be a fun watch. And I think for Vince Williams Jr., you show a lot of value tonight because you have a guy like Rudy Gobert on the uh, Timberwolves side. Vince Williams Jr. is going to have to be one of the main rebounders tonight. Absolutely, that's that's going to yeah. be one of his biggest jobs is ending possessions. Uh, for the Timberwolves on the offensive end. Go make things happen. Go get a rebound and get the other way. Well, and like you said, make I, things, make I think things it's go an, the Grizzlies' direction. It's an opportunity for Jaron, too. You know, I thought that he was really good defensively last game. He wasn't great on the offensive end. He missed a ton of shots. Maybe he bounces back tonight and has a good performance. He has had some good games against Carl Anthony Towns in the past, but tonight, because of the matchups and the way the roster is constructed, I wouldn't be surprised if they throw Rudy Gobert on him to try to you know mess with that. 
Jaron's a really good ISO scorer. I wonder if he tries to get Rudy Gobert in ISO, get him away from the rim, and maybe we have some cuts. Something can happen there. So it's going to be one of those games where if the Grizzlies can knock down a ton of threes, I think that they'll be able to hang in it. But if they don't, it's going to kind of get away from them probably toward the end. It's just it's one of those where this is the zombie Grizzlies and how they are constructed right now. It wouldn't shock me if they walked away with the win. I just think it's unlikely. But yeah, I also think it's not 100%. what you're watching the games for right now anyway. Tonight, you want to see how Gigi looks, how Vince Williams Jr. looks, and if anybody else steps up. Yeah, but um, this Timberwolves team, the reason they've been so good is, yeah, offensively they knocked down a bunch of threes and they have the ability to knock down a bunch of threes. Mike, Mike Conley, Conley, good lord. What is he, 45% from 45% three? 45% from so three, man. So far this year, Jaden McDaniels has him. looked like he's worth the money that he was paid this offseason. Carl Anthony Towns we know can shoot at a high level. Uh, they have a guy who can clean the glass and Rudy Gobert, and then, of course, Anthony Edwards. And that's sort of what I want to get to. Anthony Edwards... Of all the players in the NBA that you should have a sports hate for because they're good and they may kill your team, Anthony Edwards is one of those guys I ju- I really enjoy watching him play. Regardless of if he's playing the Grizzlies or not or killing the Grizzlies or not, he is one of those guys that I just enjoy his game, the way he carries himself, everything about it. Um, he He's fun. Um, he brings intensity to the floor on both ends. And you can see truly what he's growing into and – you know, with Ja and the issues he's had as a young player, um, with some of these guys that may not have playoff success. I know Anthony Edwards hasn't had the playoff success yet. He looks like a guy who will be the face of the league going forward, one yeah. of the biggest faces of the league going forward because we're the LeBron James days are, are numbered. Um, Kevin Durant, same thing. Anthony Edwards is a guy I think who could who – could, uh, you could pass the torch to, and I think he'd take it and run with it in a big way. I mean, he's without a doubt one of the most exciting players and most fun players to watch in the NBA right now. The last game, I think it was their last game, whenever they played the Clippers, he was talking trash to Kawhi Leonard. He talks trash to everybody, but he also puts up the numbers to where, you know, he puts it, he puts his money where his mouth is. I, I love watching Anthony Edwards compete and play basketball. I'm To be honest, the trajectory of the Timberwolves is a bit of a surprise because a year ago, you thought that this was headed towards a not great place. Kyle Anderson and Rudy Gobert were fighting. Everybody hated Rudy Gobert. You they gave getting, up a bunch for Rudy Gobert, too. They were crushed because of that trade. They had a couple contract things to figure out. And then, all of a sudden, they brought in Mike Conley. Jade McDaniels got signed, and everybody just kind of fell into place. And it's just, it's been one of the best stories in the NBA. I know Mark and Jeffrey were talking about it earlier, but this is probably, it has potential to be their best season ever yep. for the Minnesota Timberwolves. It's certainly been a very long time. Got to go back to the KG era to even, you know, have a, have a season that even is similar to this. It's just, Anthony Edwards is remarkable to watch. You know, it, it is he truly could be one, the best player in the league one day. He really could be. Um, and then also, uh, I think there's been some luck along the way for them. And, and maybe not as much luck as just sort of right place, right time, sure. good evaluation. Nas Reed is phenomenal. What a fine. Nas Reed could be a starter in this league. He really could. Yet he is on the bench, and he's one of the bench, best bench players in the NBA. 12 points per game. He can rebound at a high level, knock down a three ball. He can get off the bounce even at his size. That's a guy that is just terrifying to have to deal with with a bench unit that is completely decimated of any talent when you're talking about the Grizzlies. Um, now, one, uh, one I, I don't know if you'd call this a positive or what you'd call it, but a new face could potentially be on the floor tonight. Grizzlies signed Scottie Pippen Jr. to a two-way. He did make the trip. To Minnesota, I don't know if he's going to be active or if he's going to have a, have a shot to play, but the fact that he's on the trip does tell me that, that they may give him a little bit of run. And uh, I'm curious to see what they have in him. With the South Bay Lakers, um, he was phenomenal. Um, I know he's been in the G League, 19 points, 5 rebounds, 5 assists per game, uh, decent with his efficiency on the offensive end. I, I'm curious to see what Scottie Pippen Jr. can bring to this team at least the rest of the year to see if he can fit. Yeah, you know, I, I would assume that Jacob Gilliard probably gets the first run just because he has been, you know, he understands how the offense runs. Guys seem to be comfortable with him, and, he's, you know, he honestly deserves it after the run he got last game. He was pretty good. But the Minnesota Timberwolves are one of those teams where they have a lot of big guards. So Scottie Pippen Jr. might get thrown in there if, if, he, they, if they need some help on the ball handling. I wouldn't hate to see it, like you said, like we've said well, right now, no wrong answers, right? Well, yeah, 100%. When you're, when you're throwing guys out there and you're trying to find your rotation, if you're Taylor Jenkins, no wrong answers. Let, let guys get run, see what you have, try to get some roster clarity, figure out what you want to do at the trade deadline. If you want to get Zaire Williams some good minutes and some good film to make him a trade piece, trade asset, go make that happen. 
Um, but what what the Scottie Pippen Jr. two-way signing sort of showed me, or at least uh, made me think, is that Jacob Gilliard, you're coming up on the end of his two-way. They may make a decision to, to move off of him relatively soon. Because Maybe. Scottie Pippen Jr. is taller. Uh, he's got a bigger build. We know Jacob Gilliard's five foot eight defense. He's very limited there. I'm not acting like Scottie Pippen Jr. some defensive ace by any stretch of the imagination. But it sort of feels like um, if Scottie Pippen Jr. gets some run, shows gets some good film the rest of the year, that Jacob Gilliard could be expendable and they may move off of him. Maybe that could certainly be a possibility. I think it just depends on how both of them play. You know how how does Gilliard look the rest of the way that he has with the Grizzlies? He's given them some some decent minutes, but I think that we can all admit it. It's it, his his height. You know he hustles. He plays his ass off. You know he really does. It's just at the end of the day in the NBA, it can be tough when you're that height to, to be a night-to-night type of guy, and that's where Scottie Pippen Jr. comes in. You understand it with how many games he has left, and maybe he can show something. Um, good news is for the Grizzlies is the Timberwolves are on a back-to-back, and they had to travel from Detroit last night, so maybe there's a, you know maybe they'll they'll uh, the wind will get to uh, the, the Timberwolves well, early. Maybe they're going to be huffing and puffing. It's one of those games where there is a possibility that the Grizzlies come out because of the way they are playing with desperation right now. And what you have is you have a bunch of guys who are kind of playing for their NBA yeah, lives Yeah, they're fighting right for their They NBA are fighting. Life. They are playing with desperation. They are playing with purpose. That can come out and punch a team in the mouth that's not really ready for it. Who knows? The Timberwolves might be walking into this game saying, hey, you know, we can kind of sleepwalk. The Grizzlies are are what they are. We know that they don't have Ja. Jaron Jackson Jr. is their only regular starter that's going to be playing tonight. Who knows? Maybe they sleepwalk into it a little bit. You punch them in the mouth and maybe something exciting can happen. It's That's where this, this Grizzlies team, it's just you never really know what it's going to look like night to night. I know the, the thing that I know is going to happen every single night is that they're going to go out there and they're going to work their asses off. And it's really just you know, the shots going to go guys, in. Most because of the shots have going no like choice. they did last time, they got a shot. If yep. they don't, it, it's, 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 it's just, over. you know, it is what yeah, it is. It's dead in the water. Um, something I've been sort of wrecking my brain about, because I, I like Anthony Edwards, Jaden McDaniels. We love Mike Conley for what he was able to do when he was in a Grizzlies uniform. But ultimately is this, and I'm taking votes on this, are the Timberwolves a likable team? Are they a likable team? Yeah. I think Carl Anthony Towns and Rudy Gobert sort of ruin it, spoil it for the rest of those guys, but are they a likable team altogether? I I sort of lean yes because Anthony Edwards is the face of that franchise, and I and I tend to like Anthony Edwards and what he's brought to the NBA. I would say they are a likable team. It, it very much helped that they got Patrick Beverly away from all of those guys. Carl Anthony Towns has relaxed on the theatrics you know, yeah. that he had a few years ago. He's not changing his voice anymore in post-game pressers. He's not crying walking off of the court because they won a regular season game and all that type of stuff. So, no, I would say the Timberwolves are one of the, the, the best stories in the NBA this season. I'm absolutely rooting for them. Th- that's the type of city. I know that the Grizzlies, and we have feelings about them because of that first-round matchup. It was a lot of fun. There's a budding rivalry there. I get that. But I am. that's the type of city and the type of fan base that has been through hell. So yeah. if they have a good season and they have likable personalities on that team, which they do, and Anthony Edwards, yeah, I think they're likable. All right, now the Tigers, USF tonight, 6 p.m. on ESPN, USF, 9-5, and 2-1 uh, and one in conference at this point. Um, they're not a great team by any stretch of the imagination. This should be a game that the Tigers, especially if they play like they did in the second half, of that game against Wichita State, they should be able to roll. But we've seen in conference so far that has not been the case. They have struggled with inferior competition, um, but hopefully they turned over New Leaf with that second half against Wichita State. Now, a couple of things I do want to point out um, that are that are massive positives about this Tiger program and, and some players on the team. One, Nick Jordan, um, he's the most efficient player in uh, college basketball at this point. Um, they've been phenomenal on the offensive end because he's a, a, a guy that sort of fits in and will do what he's asked to on the offensive end whenever he is asked to do it. And, and that has been a, a great thing, a, a great emergence for this, um, this basketball team ultimately. And also Jaquan Walton. Jaquan Walton struggled a lot through the out-of-conference. He was not great. Uh, we know he was a 40% shooter at Wichita State, um, but – He's, he struggled really mightily. I mean, there was a point in the season going into conference play where he was shooting around 21% from three. But since conference play began, have you, have you taken a look at these numbers from Jaquan Walton? 14.3 points per game, 60% from the field, 63% from three. He is turning it around in a big way, and his emergence, especially for the offensive prospects, 
for this team, that is huge. If you add him on top of David Jones and Javon Quinterly and the most efficient player in college basketball right now, Nick Jordan, that, I mean, that, that, that starting lineup and the offense they can bring, um, we see it every night. We see what they're able to do. Uh, as long as they limit turnovers, they seem to uh, score a lot of points and uh, pick apart opposing defenses. Now, the one thing that has been kind of concerning is their defense. I don't really know what has happened. They have the ability to defend at the highest of levels, but they gave up 86 points against Wichita State. The time before that, they gave up 101 points to the worst team in conference in UT San Antonio. If they can find a way to defensively lock in the way we saw through the out-of-conference portion of their schedule, this is a complete team that everybody in the country should be scared of, but they have to lock in. I think that is the question I have going forward in conference play. Can they get back to where they were defensively? Yeah, that's why the previous game, you know, they absolutely fixed the issues on the offensive end. They weren't playing ISO hero ball anymore. The turnover. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. <sighs> Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply weren't an issue, but the defensive end of the basketball, it just it, it hasn't been there the last few games, and that's where you hope to see them step up tonight. UCF or USF, they are they shoot 30, 33% from three, take care of the three-point line. It's one of those games tonight where Memphis, on paper, should come in. It should probably be a double-digit win. They should be able to take care of business. It would be great if it could just be a open to close yeah. you know win for the tigers you the, want to see them put it together fully the concern is though looking forward to a team that kind of owned them in the regular season last year tulane they're on the road on sunday against tulane i'm not going to be the trap game guy but i think some people have sort of um, talked about this being a potential trap game heading into there. I don't know if it should be viewed that way. This is the number 10 team in the country. They should be able to handle business against these two teams back-to-back. Um, but I guess there is that thought process of maybe looking ahead to Tulane. Um, but I hope that's not what they fall into. I really I really hope that's not what they fall into. Also, we had a miracle in the American Athletic Conference last night. Did you see the end of the North Texas ECU game? No. 60-59, to 59, North Texas got over top, and North Texas remains as the only undefeated team in conference in the AAC along with the Tigers. But there was 3.1 seconds left. North Texas is down 59-58. They're inbounding from the opposite baseline. Aaron Scott, their guard, throws a pass the length of the floor to Robert Allen, who's a transfer from Ole Miss. I mentioned 3.1 left. He catches the ball, lays it in with 1.3 left. I don't know how ECU allowed that to happen on their home floor. Full length of the floor, this pass went right into Robert Allen's hands, and he had an uncontested layup right there at the rim to win that game. Absolutely devastating. Oh, it was brutal. And, and, and I, honestly, 
I, it would have been nice to see ECU win that game to at least give everybody else in conference a loss, get a little bit more buffer for this Tiger team, but North Texas stays undefeated. Now, the other thing here that we have to discuss, Mike Bianchi, who is the uh, Orlando Sentinel columnist, was reporting this morning, and he wrote a column about, and I'm not even going to, I'm not just going to say his name, but UCF commit Mikey Williams. That's how we're gonna, going to uh, address him for now on. Um, UCF commit Mikey Williams won't be eligible until next basketball season, and he can't even enroll in school, even though he committed to Central Florida. And we know what he said on the way out of Memphis. You know, he, he let an attorney, his attorney, speak on his behalf. And I'm paraphrasing a little bit here, but he was talking about um, the University of Memphis not letting him get on the floor this year, and they were debating whether he could get on the floor next year after everything that has happened. Nine felony counts down to one felony count, and he has to do a bunch of community service, gun safety courses to get that down to a misdemeanor. But apparently Florida, the state of Florida with their schools has a rule. You cannot participate in sports or enroll in a Florida institution with a felony on your name. And until Mikey completes a gun safety course, attends anger management, does 80 hours of community service, he will have his one felony. And obviously it will be reduced upon completion of those steps, but he has that felony to his name, and his sentencing isn't set till August 12th. So I don't even know. It feels like he had no idea about the effects of the felony still being attached to his name, and he had no idea about the state of Florida having a rule where you cannot enroll into a school with a felony attached to your name. It it just shows me a lack of maturity, which we can see in 19-year-olds, but a lack of accountability, a lack of understanding of the situation he's in. I know we've talked about this, and we're probably beating a dead horse, but that's kind of embarrassing. It's embarrassing. You have, don't have sentencing until August 12th. You can't complete these steps until August the 12th. Yet, he still decided to leave Memphis. And ultimately, it looks like it was a disgustingly bad decision. Just further reinforces our thought that it's probably best for the University of Memphis that Mikey Williams is not going to be in the program. Yeah. Yeah. Again, we know what his talent is, and we know what he could become as a, as a basketball player. But when it comes to the drama... Certainly a level of entitlement. You just don't want that. We've seen that go badly with this program, with Penny Hardaway running it. So I know a lot of people went after me for saying that J.J. Taylor and Mikey Williams getting in the transfer portal, I said it was a good thing. People went after me for it. I still stand by that. It is an ultimate good thing. We've gotten away in a lot of ways from recruiting high school guys, high-level high school guys at the University of Memphis uh, under Penny Hardaway. And... uh you're trying to get away from any level of drama that has sort of derailed you in the past. So I still stand by the fact that it is an overwhelming good thing that Mikey Williams does not have to have his name attached alongside the University of Memphis basketball program. It's, it's that simple. Now we need to go ahead and get to a break, and I'm very excited on the other side. We get to talk with Memphis Showboats head coach John Filippo. Now they start their season on March 30th. With the United Football League, we know that the merger happened, USFL and XFL, so we'll discuss all of these things, his plan going forward on the other side, right here on 92.9 FM ESPN. Guests appear on the Smile Center Hotline. Now back to the Gabe Kuhn Show, live from the Service Master by Cornerstone Studios on 92.9 FM ESPN. Again on the Gabe Kuhn Show, 92.9 FM ESPN, and we have a treat here. Uh, brave the elements. Had to get over here in the ice and the snow. We have the head coach of the Memphis Showboats, new head coach of the Memphis Showboats, John Filippo here. Um, coach, how's it going, man? How are you? I, I, you just got. Uh, you just came from the uh, airport, from what I understand? Yeah, I just came from the airport. I, uh, my off-season home's in Atlantic Beach, Florida. Nice. So, uh, Came out of those clouds today, and the ground was, shoot, the ground was about 30 feet below, and all of a sudden I saw snow and ice. I'm like, wow, wasn't expecting that, well, but it's awesome to be here. Well, help us imagine. How was the weather when you left? It was, I'll tell you, it's, it's North Florida, so it was only about, it was in the okay. low 60s. Okay. Low 60s. Low 60s, yeah. but uh, precipitation, nothing on the ground. Nothing You're, oh, yes, <laughs> all good. Um, now, I have to start because um, I played 
football at the University of Memphis from 13 to 17. Started 51 games. No big deal. Not bragging at all. Um, and then I, uh, I tried my thing with, the, uh, with pro football. Try out with the Saints. I had, you know, track record. I have a little bit of track record. Tried with the AAF for a while. Are you in... Uh, are you guys in any need for an interior offensive lineman that's been uh, out of football for a few years? Are you, any, any, any need for that? I saw what you guys are paying, so uh, I, I figured I'd throw my name in the hat. Unfortunately, we have a roster full of 75 guys right now, but things are always fluid up until <laughs> okay. training camp, so there's always a chance. Okay, just get my number. Get my number. We'll, we'll text back and forth. If you have any issues with any of the guys on the roster, I'm there for you. you got, you'll got. you be our first guy up on our next man up list. Yeah, but I only need I, about five plays is all I can get in the game. There you yeah. go. I, well, I don't work out as much as I used to. <laughs> so how has this been, man? Uh, we, we had the uh, merger with the USFL and the XFL. That's exciting in itself. It's now the United Football League. Um, but you were the New Orleans Breakers last year as a head coach, 7-3. and three. Get into the playoffs, you have a tough loss. How has this been for you? It's definitely a, a change of pace. Um, you've been in college football, you've been in the NFL, you've had a bunch of different stops. You were telling me before we even started this segment that you had, you've had to move 24 separate times. How has this been, um, and, and how much have you enjoyed um, the USFL and ultimately the United Football League? That, that's a great question. Um, last year with the New Orleans Breakers, you know, I was at a point in my career after spending 15 years in the NFL I want to be challenged and do something a little bit different than what I've been used to doing. And and what's the thing that you can challenge you is sit in that head coach chair and see what comes across your desk every day. And and I'll tell you, the Breakers players played awesome for us last year. And it was just refreshing to be around a bunch of guys that really want to be coached, love to play football, or doing it for the right reasons. And it really brings you back to the reason you got into coaching in the first place is you love football, you love teaching, you love seeing people get better, you love seeing people's success and failures, mm-hmm. and people learn from both things. And so the fact that I had the opportunity to win this league merge, which is going to be even better now, unfortunately some jobs got cut and, right. and there's not going to be as many player jobs in it, but what that means is there's going to be a better product on the field for the fans mm-hmm. and for the t- uh, viewers on TV. So that's going to be a huge thing. So when, when Daryl Johnson, our, our director of football ops, called me and asked me if I wanted to coach the Memphis team, I was like, absolutely, number one, because we played them twice last year and scrimmaged them. So we played two games and a half of football against the Memphis Showboats last year. I knew how stout they were on defense. I knew there were some 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 areas on the roster that we needed to shore up a little bit, but I knew there were some pieces there for sure. Now, what do you think about the talent level? I mean, like, truthfully, again, college football, NFL, uh, now in a in a, uh, a separate league, uh, just generally a pro league. What do you think about the talent level? Because when you hear when you hear people talk about an expansion league or a, a, a feeder league, depending on the, the situation and the conversation they're having, they, they do sort of wonder about the talent level that you're seeing. But how does it compare to the NFL? It's I would equate it to this. We have the majority of the players on our team are guys that have played a year or two or been on practice squads for a year or two in the National Football League. And so there's a there's a shelf life in a practice squad player if you haven't played a lot. Now, the practice squad rules have changed in the NFL where you can bring veteran players on now. Just, you know, I don't know the exact rules, but you can bring veteran players on and pay them what you want to pay them. But if you're a young player, there's a shelf life. Either you show what you can do on tape or you can't. So there needs to be a place for those young men to try to get back to the National Football League. Uh, and, you know, the team that won the USFL last year had – had 16, the Birmingham Stallions had 16 players sign off their team to the NFL right. roster. So, you know, that's the goal is to get as many guys back as we can. Um, and we're in the development. That's what we want to do is right. help young men develop so they can keep, keep chasing their dreams and keep playing football. Um, now, what do you think about the roster you have right this second? that you're going to have to work with here relatively soon? Well, we're excited that they expanded the roster size. Last mm-hmm. year, we only brought 58 to camp. This year, we're bringing 75. So what does that mean is the guys started for 51 starts right yes, Memphis. Yes, okay yeah. i guarantee they tried to bring somebody in to, that's somebody under you that was they thought was might be better than beat you out right well there's more there's gonna be more competition okay yep. there's gonna be a lot more competition in camp and it's just gonna push everybody harder i really like the roster we have right now there's been a lot of change um you know we drafted case cookus yep. you know from the philadelphia stars uh, you know to be a, a quarterback not the quarterback because we, we're not handing anything to anybody so we drafted him to you know add him to the quarterback room. We upgraded at a lot of lot of places. Um, you saw us, we brought all three specialists from the New Orleans Breakers. We drafted those guys last week in the draft. So it's going to be a, a different looking team on defense. It's going to be very. It's going to look very similar. Carnell Lake is still our defensive coordinator. Yep. Did a really nice job last year. 
So that was important for me personally and for our coaching staff, the guys that were coming with me from New Orleans, to have a guy that is not only a great coach, but a great person and knows the roster to help us mm-hmm. all transition through this. Right. Because myself and Wade Phillips down at the, you know, at the San Antonio Brahmas, we're the only two technically new head coaches that are with new teams. Mm-hmm. Everybody else is the Bob Stoops of the world and the Skip Holtz of the world. They're with their same team, so they know their team. We're, right. we're, we're up against it a little bit. So Carnell has really helped bridge that gap. All right, now stylistically, you're an offensive guy, yeah. offensive coordinator at, at multiple stops. You look for a lot in your quarterbacks. You've been a quarterbacks coach. I know you work very closely with them still. What, what Stylistically, what is your sort of philosophy on offensive football? I think you throw the ball. Okay, to get the lead, and you run the ball to win. Mm-hmm. That's what I think you do. I think you try to go in and, and score as many points as quickly as you can and run the ball and break their heart at the end of the game. Yeah, uh, I'm not saying we're not going to run the ball on first down in the first half. That's not what I'm saying at all, and we don't value running the football. But if you talk to all the analytics people, and I know that's a curse word to a lot of probably your listeners out there that are you know football peers, but you have if, if you have to listen to it a little bit because there is some right. numbers that back that up. So. Um, we like to throw the football. I mean, I, I lasted 13 games with Mike Zimmer because I threw the ball too much. So, <laughs> yeah. you know, so, yeah. you know, and uh, we tried to run it, but we weren't built that way. When you have Kirk Cousins and Adam Thielen and Stephon Diggs and, 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 you know, Dalvin Cook coming out of the backfield and, and, uh, you know, it's, it, we were built to throw the football and uh, that's where we've had success and, and it didn't work out. But, you know, it's what it is and, and we like throwing the football. Now, you talk about analytics crowd. Um, I'm curious because, I listen, I'm a football guy. I like running the football. Uh, I, I get annoyed with a lot of people that bring up EPA per play to just talk about a DVOA, all these different advanced analytics. How much do you buy into those particular analytics? Um, and, it, you know, in my opinion, I see it with, like, ringers, NFL division, right. and all these guys. They seem to latch themselves onto it. It doesn't necessarily tell the whole story of the game in my particular I'll I'll tell you a great Great way, I, I, how I view analytics, and it's, it's a little bit of a story. I, I'm, an, I'm not going to name the team, but I was, I was, I was at a team that was had a believed in analytics, and I've been right. on a bunch of teams that believe in analytics. And so I used to get a printout from the analytics people, like this ten page thing would just go through all, and it, I literally would start to get a headache, like yeah. literally a headache. So finally, I go up to the young man and I say, "Hey," I said. Can you give me five to seven points that are going to dictate whether it help us win or lose this game? <laughs> right. Yeah. So I, I don't need 500 points. But, like, I'll give you a case in point. One year we were playing the Baltimore Ravens. Mm-hmm. And they were averaging, giving up 5.2 yards running to the left and 3.8 yards running to the right, from what I remember. Right. It, it might have been three. Yeah. Say, whatever. That's a pertinent piece of information. 100%. Okay, I don't need to know what the guy eats for lunch every day. You know what I'm saying? Like, I don't need to know that he's a left brain thinker and all this stuff. I don't need to know that stuff. Give me that. That's a piece of information I can use. 5.2 to the left, 3.8 to the right, that we're going to major on running the football to the left. And we ended up doing that, and we won the football game. Yeah, and I see, like, the, the, this year, for example, the Buffalo Bills, it came up with uh, Ken Dorsey as their offensive coordinator, who I think did, did a fine job. He's a good coach. Um, and he's a good coach, and, and he drew up some good plays. There were some turnovers from Josh Allen in that in that time. Um, but they, they struggled when Ken Dorsey, as a team, to win games when Ken Dorsey was the OC. Um, and everybody talked about his EPA per play. It's so high. It's leading the NFL. Down the stretch of the season – they turned it around. They won their last five games, moving to Joe Brady, but his EPA play per play was down, and a lot of these guys were saying, well, you know, Ken Dorsey was the better OC, but, you know, down the stretch of the season with the EPA per play down, that type of thing, they still were able to win games at a higher level. Right. Um, so some of these things just fall on deaf ears. At the end of the day, oh, you're right. At the end of the day, as a coach, really, or as a player, you're given either one of two grades. You're, you're either going to get an A or an F. Right. There's Pass no, fail. That's it. Yeah. Either Win you loss. won or you lost. And, you know, we had a mindset when I came into New Orleans, which which I didn't like, that I really had to break, really work hard to break. And part of this was just I was instilled with the coaching staff before we got there was it, we were a defensive team. The offense is there just not to mess it up, okay? Mm-hmm. Like, I had to preach to our guys over and over and over again. Like, 
when we would have a really good practice on offense, our our defense struggled a little bit. I'd say, guys, there's going to be games we have to win forty to thirty eight, and there's going to be after games we have to win fourteen to ten. That's what championship teams do. Mm-hmm. Okay, they find a way to win the game. You can say whatever you want about the New England Patriots and Bill Belichick. They don't care how they win. Though mm-hmm. I've seen them come out with twenty five straight throws if, if the if the secondary stinks. I've seen them come out in twenty two personnel and run load power. You know, ten times in a row. If the team's struggling against the run, they don't care. They right. their goal. They don't care about anything that we talked about with the analytics. They just want to have one more point than the other team at the end of the game. And so, you know, that's that's kind of how we feel. We we're, we're going to win games different ways. Yeah. Now talking with head coach of the Memphis Showboats, John DiFilippo. Um, now you uh, were part of a, a championship team and a. In a very interesting championship team, <laughs> Super Bowl team, I might add. Super Bowl 52, you were the quarterback's coach um, for uh, the Philadelphia Eagles yeah. uh, when you won 41, speaking of a high-scoring game, Ooh. 41-33 against the New England Patriots. Take me through that year. That was nuts. It was, it was incredible. Nuts. It was incredible. First off, I've never been in a part of an organization where, like, it everything just came into place. Right. Like, And there's a reason why. And it starts with the owner, Jeffrey Lurie. Mm-hmm. He, he's... I like to see a better owner in sports than him. I, I, I've never worked for one. I mean, I, no, I've worked for some really good owners. But he was like, he was probably the most hands-on owner that I've ever been a part of. Like, most of the owners, they stand off to the side. You know, he wanted to learn about you as a person. He wanted to know about you as a coach. Like, um, And then that trickled down to Howie Roseman, who is, you know, he, Howie's not afraid to take a chance on a player. If, if we're deficient in an area, that season we went out and traded for J.J. Yep. Which I'm not sure that we win the Super Bowl without J.J. Yep. So, you know, and then it goes down to Doug Peterson and Frank Reich and, you know, Jeff Stoutland, the line coach, and, and all those guys, you know, Jim Schwartz on defense. Everyone saw the job he did in Cleveland this year. Um, we had an all-star cast of, of – of, I had an all-star cast of colleagues to work with. And then on top of that, we had tremendous leadership. Um, there was great self-policing on the team. Yep. Like the coaches a lot of times didn't have to get involved in a lot of that. If we had a we had a free agent come in and he did something to practice and two about two guys pulled him aside like that's not the way we do things around here. Yeah. Okay. And so we had great self policing, we had great leadership. Uh Carson was playing fantastic until he went down against the Rams. He was gonna be the MVP of the league. Yep. And then Nick comes in and does his thing and, and leads us to the Super Bowl. It was the most ultimate team effort from ownership to management to coaching to players to everyone pulling in the same direction. And it was really awesome to be a part of. Yeah. Were there any nerves? Like when, when Carson went down and you have Nick Foles, and we know, you know he was a veteran at that time and he had some good years behind him. But how much, how much of it was, you know, you have nerves about what he's going to be able to do and he ultimately pulls through. Did you have, like, that ultimate confidence that he was going to be able to go win a Super Bowl? Absolutely. For you guys that year? For sure. And – um we were just really good as a team. And we had some injuries on that team, too. We lost yeah. about five or six starters on 100%. that team before the, before the game. So, um, you know, I gave myself, when we lay in it. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Trick responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Import, Chicago, Illinois. Listen to every MLB game live. The deep left center field. It is high. It is far. It is gone. Stream minor league affiliates. The Midwest League home run leader. And watch the best baseball highlights and look-ins on MLB Big Inning. MLB at bat is your all-in-one live baseball subscription for only $3.99 per month. Deep left field. It's going to go. Alvarez ties the game. Subscribe to at bat within the MLB app today. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission. We we won the NFC East that night in L.A. The night Carson went down mm-hmm. playing the Rams. Okay, Nick came in and played really well when Carson. Got Very hurt. weird injury, by the way. How that all odd. shook out. Yeah, just jumped through and just sort of got pinned. His knee got pinned. It was odd. There. Yeah, it was odd. And honestly, I thought he. People don't know this, and you're not supposed to talk about injuries, but he had had a bruised thigh going into yeah. the game. Okay, and that, which not a lot of people knew about. Um, didn't miss practice or anything, but. Uh, I thought when he got up, he was limping. I thought he'd gotten maybe hit on his thigh. Yeah, and he got you know it was just a little bit of a you know thigh re re injuring of his thigh. 
But it obviously wasn't. I saw the replay, and I sit over the heads. I go, it's not good. I yeah. said his knee buckled. And so I gave myself from when the wheels were up in L.A. till the, when the wheels were down in Philadelphia, I, I sulked and felt sorry for Carson and, and myself and the team and, and, and everyone. And then I was like, you know what? I better snap out of this because if I don't give – Nick and this team, my full energy and my full belief. I said, how is Nick going to go and, and function and, you know, if his own position coach is sulking around? So that's what you have to do. It it's truly is a next man up mentality in pro football, yeah. whatever team you're coaching with. And um, you just, you feel sorry for the player. You feel sorry for the team at the time, but you have to move on. Yeah, you do. You do. And you guys moved on in an unbelievable fashion. I just, I couldn't believe it up. Now, Philly special, was that, yeah. was that, who, who, who drew that up ultimately? You know, we copied that. From Press Taylor, who's now the the uh, OC of the Jacksonville Jaguars, would keep a log of he'd go through the games each week and keep a log of like trick plays, right. rounds, blah 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 blah. So he came in one day. He's like, "Hey, this is a really cool play." The Bears actually ran it against the Vikings the year before, right? Okay, um, and so we literally copied the play off them, literally. <laughs> Per se, we just copied it off them. How, how, how much of that happens, though? Like that is that's uh, a that's a constant. It happens. Mimicking. It happens. Sure. And, and to say that you've never done it, like a lot of times you won't run it against the same team. Like you see something on tape from the week before, you're like, "Oh, that's a really cool concept." Well, let me write that down. Let me put that. If we're playing a Seattle Cover Three team, like, well, they just got hit on it, so they're going to be coaching that up this year. But hey, look, the next Seattle Cover Three team we play, that's a scheme that's very popular in the NFL right, right. now. Um, let's go ahead and run it against them. You know what I'm saying? So, yes, there is. Very rarely will you just line up and run the same exact play against the team the next week or somebody's that's hit them on it uh, because they're, they're ready for it. You may hide it. You may shift to it. You may motion to it and try it again. Uh, but very rarely you just line up and, and play. Yeah. Now, last thing on, on the Eagles front, at least, yeah. that, that year, Jason Kelsey retired, man. How, how, does, how, how do you feel about that uh, from a leadership standpoint? It seems like he is the he has always been – sort of the forefront of the guy of the guys in that locker room that people turn to in sort of the tough times and in and, and the when they have issues. You know, the great players I've been around, I've been fortunate enough to be around a, a ton of them. They all have they have a lot they all have the same qualities, okay? And the majority of them are true professionals. Mm-hmm. And that's how you would describe Jason Kelsey. He's a true professional. Um, I was in charge of the sub blitzes both in 2016 and 17 when I was there, so I would study and break down all the sub-pressures of the team that we were playing the next week. Right. So I had the whole season done, okay? When I, w- I would type in what the, co- yeah. what the call for the quarterback was, for the center, blah, 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 right? I got Jason in two years from OTAs, training camp, practice, walkthroughs. I fooled him twice yeah. in two years. I That's, mean, guys are standing, and he's like, oh, no, he's coming from over here. And the guy's just standing there. And I'm like, yeah. He goes, I just felt his body language. Yeah, and sometimes in shotgun, he has to put his head between his legs and lift up, and he still probably That's sees. right. And he's just, it's unbelievable. Yeah. The guys, I mean, those guys, those Hall of Fame type players are just, they have freaky qualities. Yeah. And they just, he's a, he's got a freak mind when it comes to seeing football. Yep. Now talking with uh, head coach of the Memphis Showboats, John Filippo. Now, uh, what's your schedule looking like? Uh, coming up, uh, March 30th is yeah. when we're going to start the season, inaugural season of the United Football League. What's the schedule going to be like between now and then? Um, right. Well, with the players, we go down, we show up with coaches on February 19th. We just got done two of our drafts. Um, we're very excited that we bring 75 players to camp, like we said earlier, instead of 58. So we're going to have a, another week of training camp. So we'll have four weeks of training camp. So the players come in the tw- 24th of February. And then we get going. Like you said, that weekend of March 30th, March 31st, the schedule has not been released yet. We're all on pins and needles waiting for that sucker to get released. But uh, the best part about this whole thing is the Memphis showboats were, you know, Memphis was spoiled a little bit last year because they had the showboats here. Right. You know, it's going to be, um, we're very fortunate to be playing all of our games here again. Yeah. So instead of the, you know, I was the New Orleans Breakers last year, but we right. played in Birmingham. So we're all excited about being here talking to you in, in Memphis. Right. Like, this is our home now. Yes. And so being able to do things in the community and, and, and go out tonight for dinner, we got to find a place that's open. I think we have. <laughs> but um, those are the things that is going to get this league going and, and keep it going, get people excited about it. So we're real excited to be here. Now, last thing, curiously, when it, you know, there's some maybe some misnomers. I, w- I want to ask you your opinion. When it comes to being hands-on versus hands-off, the work schedule, mm-hmm. what is it? What What's the difference between NFL, USFL, or is it very similar? It's the exact same. So we're we're an 8 to 4.30 team. 
And yep. that's what that's what we that's what the NFL is. Now right. some, depending on traffic, if you're in the Bay Area, you may go seven thirty to four to beat the traffic. But we're we're eight to four thirty, um, and the players are done. And so that's we ch- I teach our players. I said, This is what when you go back to the NFL, this is exactly the schedule you're gonna have. Yep. Okay? Exactly the schedule you're gonna have. Mm-hmm. And so the amount of time for meetings, the amount of time for walkthroughs, the amount of time for practice. And so it's very, very similar. Yep. Now, holler at me about tickets. How do, how do we get some of my listeners involved there, and what do they need to do? At theufl.com slash tickets. And that's what we need the most is our fans to come out and make this a home field advantage for yep. us. That's going to be key for us. And then it's our job to put a great brand of football on the field where people want to come watch it. So it's a two-way street here. We need, we need our fans to show up. And get and help us out, and then we need to do our job to make sure we put an exciting product on the field. Yes, and that's sir. what we're working to do. Yes, sir. Well, I am looking forward to it. I'll make it out to a couple of games. Awesome. Um, but uh, you have fun through training camp and everything else. Thank you. And we'll catch up here soon. Thanks for having me on. Yes, sir. But he is head coach of the Memphis Showboats, John D. Filippo. Uh, we will post this interview up on the podcast here shortly at 929ESPN.com. But we need to go ahead and get to a break. And on the other side, we're going to have a very brief stop. A brief uh, conversation with Jeff Calkins as he has some other things he needs to get done. But uh, we will talk to him next right here on 92.9 FM ESPN. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for well-qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. <sighs> Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. Oh, oh, oh. O'Reilly. Protect your vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, oh, oh.